What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Corporate Bartender. Today's episode is fantastic. Our guest today is Ben Whiting. If you don't know Ben, he's a lifer in the entertainment and theater world. He's an actor, playwright, magician, mentalist, public speaker, and leadership development provocateur. He's won awards for his plays, his one-man show, and he was renowned as a street performer in Chicago. From the sidewalks, he moved to the boardrooms and studios. He's brought his unique blend of magic, comedy, and leadership development to the likes of GE, American Express, and Oprah's Harpo Studios. He's also taken his act on the road, performing in over 40 countries across the globe. He's a TEDx speaker, and if that weren't enough, he holds a black belt in Taekwondo, is a member of American Mensa, and he's writing a brand new book. He has a deep and unrequited love for all things Bruce Springsteen, and I am honored to call him my friend. Buckle up, everybody, for a rollicking episode of TCB with Ben Whiting. Note to the listener, Ben does a fair amount of magic in this episode, and while it translates, you're really going to want to hit the Sky Team YouTube page to watch him in action. With that, let's get right on into it with Ben Whiting on today's Corporate Bartender. Welcome to Sky Team's The Corporate Bartender. If you work in HR or make people decisions in your organization, this is the place to be. Now pull up a stool, belly up to the bar, and join us for The Corporate Bartender. Well, welcome everybody. Let's get on into it because we got a lot to do today. And it's going to be a fun, fun day. Welcome to The Corporate Bartender, episode 60, if you can believe that. 60 times we've done this thing. I'm pretty stoked yep. about that. Right? And Ben, <laughs> you were you were actually here from the beginning. You you were here for, I think, I believe, episode one, if I'm not mistaken. I believe, yeah. I, I, I was here for like episodes like one through 20, like consistently. Yeah. Nobody loves a quitter, Ben. Nobody loves a quitter. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks for being here today. This is going to be a super fun day. Today, we are, are going to just do our normal stuff, um, and then we're going to get on into to a quick uh, interview and performance with our buddy, Ben. So welcome, everybody. Welcome to Ben. Um, looks like we might have a newbie or two on the line here, scanning the list. Looks like, Hillary, you're a new person. Hi. Why don't you, if you don't mind, tell us who you are, where you are, what you do, and one really boring fact about yourself. Sure. I'm Hillary Gustav. I'm here in Denver, have been here for about 15 years. Last summer, moved to the D.C. area, which is where I grew up. COVID brought me back here in August, so resettling back in Denver. Um, have experience doing change management work for mostly nonprofits and public sector, co-owned a consulting firm, doing that type of work for a while. And one really boring fact, um, that pumpkin over my shoulder, my daughter replaced the real pumpkin I had with this fake one um, <laughs> and took the real one to school. <laughs> to people. So the, the pie I was planning to make is not going to happen now. Not going to make a pie out of that pumpkin, are you? So you, you said you're from D.C. Where are you from in the D.C. area? Because I am as well. I grew up in Fairfax County, so Centerville and then Arlington. I grew up in Manassas, so just okay. about five miles away from you. Yep. And, and I and, am ah, I'm in Maryland. I work in DC, so yeah. <laughs> and and Eric, we know you never grew up. 
So well, stop where they grew up in that's DC. Fa- that's fair. I, I was reared in DC. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Hillary. Thanks for playing. Um, in my bid for continual shameless self-promotion, I'm going to pitch my my article one more time uh, that I wrote about coping and dealing with what it's like being uh, where we are in these crazy, crazy times and how people, some people are, are, are feeling uh, even lower than they were back, back in March and, and April. So if you haven't checked that out, please do. If you haven't joined us over on the bartender network, please do that as well. Um, and then we're going to pop right on in to headlines. So I only have three for you today. Um, I thought they were, they were, all well worth your time. So the first one here um, is from Forbes and it's called, if the pandemic has taught companies one thing, it's that HR one size fits all approach has had its day. And what was interesting about this article to me is it discussed the shift into what they called employee relations, relationship management, ERM, but not doing it in the creepy monitoring everything that you do, taking random shots from your webcam to make sure you're actually sitting in front of your computer kind of way, but in more uh, of an embracing objective performance systems like, like OKRs. Laura, you know a little bit about OKRs, don't you? I heart OKRs. <laughs> That's somewhat honestly and a large part sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I thought that was interesting just in terms of you know, accepting this more distributed, this more distributed workspace and and how that's going to shake out. So I thought that was pretty cool. That one's worth your time. The next two are from HBR. um, And I thought this was interesting. Um, This first article here, successful remote teams communicate in bursts. And what it says was, they, their research showed that bursts of rapid fire communication with longer periods of silence in between are what sort of are the hallmarks of successful teams. That's what separates them. Um, so I was like, what does that mean? Communicate in a bursty manner, which is actually words that they use in the article. Um, and unlike asynchronous, everybody just sends messages to each other whenever they feel like it. What this says is they should align their work routines and communicate in short periods where everybody can respond rapidly and attentively, which I thought was kind of a cool thing. We, we've we never tried that. Um, and I know <laughs> just knowing how I'm wired as I'm doing my thing, when those bells and whistles start going off, breaking my concentration, I get cranky. Morag's not here, so she can't vouch for that, but I do, I get cranky. So, and on that, on that same note, um, this idea of giving um, giving your your remote teams unstructured time for collaboration for not for doing work but just for hanging out and what I thought was kind of cool about that um, they they mentioned a few things in the article one was um, you know pairing up with like you know like you do with a workout buddy with a virtual coworker where you both, you know, turn your cams on, sit in your zoom room and listen to each other breathe. Like you did when you would sit across from them in a, in a common room. Um, what, what they found was, you know, it, it actually pushed collaboration a little more because I could just look up and say, Oh, Hey, Ben, I was thinking about blah, blah, blah. What do you think? And he would respond. So virtual coworking, um, hot walls was another one, which I thought was, 
kind of interesting. Google's been doing this for a long time. Um, I remember going to Google in New York a couple of years ago and we were on a video call with, with somebody based somewhere else. And uh, we were getting up to go to lunch down in the cafe <clears throat> and the, the client that we were with said to the person on the video, Hey, we'll see you. We'll see you downstairs. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And we go downstairs, we get our food and there's this little area where there's like a couple of couches and a couple of tables, but there's this giant screen on the wall that people can just log into. So we were actually able to have lunch with that person who was based somewhere. I think they were in Mountain View and we were in New York. Um, and then the third one is a technique that we've been talking about for a while, and that's the open office hours, a la your old professor. Every Tuesday and Thursday from two to four, I'm going to be sitting here with my cam up or at least with the room open and my mic on. So I turn the camera on when you come in. You guys have any other ideas for for things like that, for for helping folks connect when we're distributed that have come up since the last time we talked about it? So this is something that Cable Labs did prior to any of this craziness we're in. We have an office in Sunnyvale, California, with about 15, 12, 12 to 15 employees. And then we have our main office in Louisville. And in both of the main break areas, there was always a TV that had a direct video connection to the other location. So if some oh. office was walking through, you saw them. And if somebody in Louisville was walking through, they could see us. And you could walk up and talk to each other. And and what I thought is cool about it is it's not like people used it to communicate a whole lot, but that visual cue of they're still our people and we're still their people. We, we had a visual cue to, you know, kind of create that connection, um, even if we weren't using it to actually talk to each other. So I thought that was kind of a kind of a cool idea um, that we had in place before this. So that's really cool. Very, very cool. Thanks, Lori. All right. Anybody else? So we got somebody else just coming into the room. Somebody called Tyler. Mark, you had something? Yeah. So I, I've heard of starting a, say, a four o'clock meeting three, four minutes late, but opening up and putting people in breakout rooms so then they can feel like, hey, I've walked into a meeting and I'm going to converse with Lisa and Lindsay for a little bit and then Mike and then all of a sudden, you know, Eric has to play control freak and, you know, call everyone to order. So, um, <laughs> sorry, that's that Dodger hat that's still killing me, but um, <laughs> jealousy. No, but, you know, again, it just kind of gives people that virtual feel like, hey, if I was in the office, we'd be doing this anyways. And then we get down to business. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Ben. Yes. Let's talk about Ben. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am the number three expert on me. <laughs> yes. Something just happened on my computer, and I have this big red square on one of my screens, and I don't know what that's all about. Yeah. Uh, and you're very politely sharing it with all of us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. I'm going to stop the share. It's making me angry. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down, Tina. Have, have a Snickers, <laughs> Tina. It's reminding me of Amsterdam. Oh, let's see. I don't know what I don't know what that is either. <laughs> Who is our friend Tyler? That, yeah, that, are we getting are we getting Zoom bombed by Tyler? Is that what's happening? Tyler, you got five seconds to report in. Yeah, I think Tyler's maybe causing some problems. 
Ooh, Tyler's got to go. Yep, I am. I am removed off the island. <laughs> Poor Tyler. Do you have a heckler there? It looks like it. Apparently, it's one of my many, many fans. I have this effect on my audiences. I'm. What can I say? Jeez, Ben. This is our first. Was no. that our first Zoom bomb? As a <laughs> right. How about that? Eric, you are making it, bro. Look at this. <laughs> 60 times. 60 times, and we got our first bomb. And I got oh. Tyler out, and I have reported him, and he is now blocked. So, and ready? Here we go. Ready? Take two. So, Ben. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Spontaneous, problem-free <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> so, Ben, thank you so much for being here again. Thank you for returning to the fold after your first 20-some-odd episode stint. Um, it's good to have you here in, in your real-deal professional capacity and not just one of us commiserators here. It so, is, well, I have to give you credit, man. Like, getting to... Um, comfortable where I am now doing virtual presentations because this is what I do the majority of the time now. Uh, a lot of the ideas and the direction and kind of the value system I got just came from talking with you guys. Not to mention a big part of it, as your article points out, is, you know, self-forgiveness uh, for, mm. you know, we all kind of wallow in our pandemic ups and downs. But uh, this group really helped me kind of uh, get up and get out and start doing things, which is why I eventually stopped coming to the meetings because I was doing stuff. <laughs> Which is fantastic, right? We want you to, to be doing things. You know, I uh, for the crew here, I heard from Darnell today. Darnell got a job. He starts on Monday. So he apologizes for not being here today and, and will probably not be here for a few weeks, but he wanted everybody to know that he landed and he's doing okay. Awesome. So, so Ben, tell us a little bit about your history, your background, your crazy career arc, and how you ended up doing what you're doing today. This is a long question. I could spend an hour just talking about this, but I don't won't. do that. I won't. <laughs> so my background is actually not in HR or even in the business realm. My background is in entertainment and in theater. Uh, all my degrees are in theater, acting, playwriting. And my first real job, the one I feel like had was kind of my nine to five, was as a street performer. Uh, when I got into an acting school in Chicago, it met from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., six days a week. So I couldn't get a job. So I was very lucky my first mentor in magic, a man named Jim Cellini, taught me how to street perform because that's what he was. Uh, but his last lesson was once you kind of get uh, to where you can make a living as a street performer, figure out a way to not make a living as a street performer, <laughs> get off the sidewalk. And uh, he said, you don't want to end up like me. And long story short, I started from the sidewalk. I started doing house parties, country clubs, holiday parties, corporate events, sales conferences, trade shows, and just kept working my way up. And I got to a point where I was having a lot of fun, but at the end of the day, and don't tell me, if you say I said this, I'll deny it till the day I die. But <laughs> uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, magic, as it's presented on stage, is not real. Uh, so even though I was getting all this applause, it felt like a little hollow for me. And I wanted to do something that I felt was sincerely like giving back to my audience and having an impact on their lives. So I started doing the one thing I knew I could do, which is help them with their presentation skills, my background in theater. So I helped a lot of clients with their keynotes. And out of that, I developed a keynote of my own called Connect Like a Mind Reader. 
which uh, was picked up to be a TED Talk way back in the day, probably 2015 or 16. And out of that, I kind of broke into a keynote speaking career, uh, worked uh, with a leadership development firm for quite a while where I met Eric and Morag and Ruby and those amazing people. And now I do this on my own. Uh, I help people with communication, uh, with their leadership development skills. And the great part is I can incorporate magic, mind reading, theater, entertainment, all that fun stuff into it because I don't know about you, but I know at least on more two or three occasions, I have suffered death by PowerPoint mm, and mm. it is a pet peeve of mine. And so I work very hard to uh, not do that and keep people engaged, which is a whole, you know, this whole other realm of engagement when it comes to virtual platforms. Uh, but yeah, so that is my story in a nutshell. If I was going to give you my Simon Sinek why, I hate, <laughs> I hate the fact that, you know, someone once asked me, what's the difference between a good idea presented badly and a bad idea? And, hmm. and I've asked that question to a lot of my audiences, and most of them say there is no difference, but there's no difference on the surface. The reality is if there's a great idea that people don't have the opportunity to connect with because of a lack of communication skills, the reality is the difference is a loss in value. Mm. Uh, that's a great idea. That is value. That is someone's potential that isn't being fulfilled because they're having a hard time communicating. And that is kind of my why. I want to abolish that off the face of the earth. Because the, the other side of that sword is a bad idea presented really well is quite <laughs> persuasive. And we want few of those uh, getting to the surface. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why we've all been at a timeshare presentation at one point in time. <laughs> at one time <laughs> or another. Because <laughs> it just looked too good. Well, hey, you have a really interesting way of using magic and mind reading, mind reading and mentalism to connect to leadership, communication and influence. Mm -hmm. are, you ready to, are you ready to take us on a trip? Yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a fun idea. Let's do it. So, let's do it. Well, first and foremost, I want you guys to know that, yes, you see me. Oh, hold on. Let me get rid of my one little thing on the screen here. Hide self-view. Perfect. Because this is what I see. Wave at yourselves. This is what you guys look like when you're waving. This is what you sound like when you're applauding. Woohoo! Or that's just me. But that is okay. So let's just jump right into it. First and foremost, the most important question of this presentation. Is anyone here a Bill Murray fan? Show of hands, I'm looking at you. Bill Murray fans, oh yes, oh, all of them, all of them. Well, we have a new person here today. Uh, where'd she go, was it Hillary? Oh, Hillary, welcome, thank you so much for coming today. Hillary, what is your favorite Bill Murray movie? It's not a very original, but Groundhog Day. Oh, no. It is original. That's why we all love it. And it's time. It was cutting edge. Does anyone know what movie this image is from? Ghostbusters? If, who said that? Hillary. Hil oh, Hillary. Hey, strike two. Not strike two. I'm not to ding, ding. I, was this a silent <laughs> answer to yourself? Oh, no, no. You get, you get a loud <laughs> round of applause. Yes, that was from Ghostbusters. Do you remember what was happening in that scene? Yes, he was doing a science experiment around psychic ability with someone who, um, if they did not guess the correct base value of the card, they got a shock if they were exactly. an average and, man. 
Yeah. And Hillary, what he was using was cards that were invented in the 1920s called ESP cards. Now, don't worry, we're not going to have any kind of electric shock happening here today, but we are going to be using these ESP cards. Uh, I have a couple different camera views here, so I'm going to let you see this one. This is the close up. So you see, we have a circle, we have a square, a star. Uh, a plus sign, and because I've been in quarantine for so long, I often refer to this as the bacon, but we will leave that there. But we also have some blue cards here, but that is not important right now. What is important right now is that I believe Hillary has an intrinsic ability to connect with people on a psychic level. And I think I can get you to demonstrate that ability here today. Actually, it's not gonna have anything to do with me. You're just going to do it. Because in addition to those four red cards or five red cards, I also have five blue cards that are also ESP signals. Now, I don't want you to think that there's anything sneaky here. Hillary, give me a number between one and 10. Six. Six, boom. Give me another number between one and 10. Three. Boom. So you guys know I'm not doing anything sneaky. This is actually happening live. Now, the next question is Hillary, this card right here, what does it feel like to you? Does it feel like a circle, a square, a star, wavy lines, or a plus sign? What do you feel like? How about a square? A square, is there any particular reason you pick that? It's just my psychic ability. No, I know. That's I exactly don't know. what it is. That's exactly what it is, your psychic ability. Give her a round of applause. Well done, Hillary. Fantastic. Now, we are going to be doing a few. That wasn't my sound cue. Was that yours, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> I know my sound cues. So what we are going to be doing right now is we're going to let a few people jump into this, but we're going to take it even further. Uh, who here has an iPhone that they know how to use well? Show it up. Hold it up if you have one. Lori, you're the host. All right, we'll use, how about, oh, look at all these people. Let's go with Gabby. Gabby, do you want to help me out? Sure. Excellent. So, Gabby, this is what we're going to do. Phones are quite bright, so the first thing we are going to do is lower down the brightness of our screen. That way, people can see our images. So, that is my wife. I don't know if you can see that. And my dog, Scooter. And then, I want you to go to website. I want you to go to Safari in your iPhone and go to www.wikicount.com. Net. Uh, what this is, this is a website that keeps up-to-date statistics on Wikipedia. When I used to do mind reading for live audiences, I like to use books. I'd pick out books. Some people would bring them. They'd go through it and try to find a word, but I'm just going to use the biggest book that we all have access to, wikicount.net. Gabby, are you at wikicount.net yet? Yep. You are. How many articles are there in Wiki Wikipedia right now? It's 6,000, 6,181,618. So 6 million and more. <laughs> it's like, and it, it's like three numbers repeated twice, which is. Okay. And does it say how many, how many words are in each article on average? 1330. 13. 30. So we'll do 13, 30 times, and you said 6 million, 181. Oh, what? So we'll say 6.2 6 million. 
And that gives us a number of 8 billion, I don't know if you guys can see that, 8 billion and a whole bunch of words in Wikipedia. So, Gabby, is there a button on there that lets you connect to Wikipedia? Yes. It says click this, click that button. Now, Gabby, I want you to think in your mind, don't say it out loud, but think of any word in the world, something appropriate for mixed company, an article that you can look up within Wikipedia. It can be on airplanes. It can be on Victorian farming, anything you like. Don't let anybody know, but type it into Wikipedia and then hit go. Any language? Uh, preferably English. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. I'm not a bilingual mind reader. I'm working on it, but it's not quite there yet. <laughs> okay. All right, you've looked something up. Now go into that article and find a word, but don't say it out loud. And what I want you to do, Gabby, this is very important. Gabby, I want you to pick any word out of that article, but do me a favor, Gabby, and make it a big word. Something with like seven or eight letters, three or four syllables, a nice big word that I can kind of connect with you, connect with you uh, mentally on. Okay. I've done this in the past and people think of words like uh or the, it's very difficult. So you have a nice big word. Yes, Gabby? Yes, I do. Now burn that word into your memory. This is the thought that I'm going to go after in your mind. Uh, also, Hillary, you helped me out a little bit of, a little while ago. This is what we're going to do right now. Uh, Hillary, uh, pick someone else in the corporate bartender meeting today. Anyone you like. Mariah. Mariah. Where are you at, Mariah? I see you there. Mariah, can you turn off your mic or unmute yourself for a little bit? Okay. Mariah, let's go Let's go really quick. Let's use this card. Mariah, what do you think this card is? A star, wavy lines, plus sign, or circle? The wavy lines. The wavy lines. Or in my case, I always think of that as the, the bacon. bacon. I like that. All right, Mariah, uh, let's use this card next. Mariah, pick somebody else. Eric. Eric. What do you think this is, my friend? Right now we have a circle, <laughs> a star, or a plus sign. What do you think? That is definitely a star. A star. You're a star, buddy. Pick someone else. <laughs> uh, I am going to go with Yvonne Perry. Yvonne, Yvonne. Let, I, since it's Yvonne, I'm going to use this card instead. Yvonne, <laughs> do you think this card is a circle or a plus sign? What do you think? Uh, plus. A plus sign. All right. And that means this last card, of course, is going to be the circle right there. So, uh, Hillary. This is the order right now. I want you to keep thinking about it, but we also have another word. Gabby, do you still remember your big word? Gabby, I'm gonna give you a free association. I'm gonna say one thing and I want you to say the first thing that pops in your mind. It can be anything at all that's appropriate for mixed audiences. Uh, but well, I mean, it's this crowd, so you can really say anything. You say whatever all you right. want. <laughs> right, yeah. So Gabby, the word I'm thinking of is uh, work. What's the first thing that pops in your mind? Hard. All right, the next word I'm thinking of is language. What's the first thing that pops in your mind? Easy. A laugh. <laughs> All right. The next thing I'm thinking of is uh, love. What pops in your mind? Needed. Needed. Oh, all right. And so let's actually, uh, the word you're thinking of in your mind right now, what I want you to do, take the first letter of that word and think of a different word that starts with that letter. Any word at all. What's the new word you're thinking of? You want me to say it? Yeah, the new word, not the old word. Rat. Rats. All right, let's do one more. How about connection? What are you thinking of now? Um, 
That's okay. No, that's good. That tells me everything I need to know. That's a good laugh. You're that's like laugh. blowing my mind right now. Hold on. So a word that I connect with connection. Yes. yes. Uh, people. People. I love it. I love it. And Hillary. Now we have all these cards that have been laid out here. Hillary, I'm going to give you a chance. You can switch any card you want to. If you want to switch the circle for the plus sign, you can. But later on today, you're going to be going home. Why well, you're you probably home already. But later today, <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. What would have happened if I'd switched some cards when he gave me the opportunity? How would it have been different? And you might be driving to go to, I don't know, dinner or the ABC store. And this, and you might swerve off the side of the road because you're struggling with this thought. So this, this is, Hillary, this, this is for your own safety. <laughs> your own safety. Would you like to switch any of the cards, Hillary? I, I feel like I have to, yeah, take that opportunity. Which, which ones would you like to switch? How about um, switch the circle and the bacon? The and the bacon. All right. Now, would you like to switch anything else? I, again, I feel like I have to. Um, it's okay. I'll give you the <laughs> I guess, yeah, let's switch the star and the plus and just re recraft the whole board. Oh my goodness gracious. She doesn't care about any of the choices you guys made. <laughs> no. All right. Would you like to change anything else? You want to change your I'm, mind again? I'm scared to at this point. Are you happy with the mind you have? I think so. She's not going to change it. Well, I have to tell you, Hillary, yes. I am so glad that you switched those cards because that is exactly what we needed to have a perfect match. Give Hillary a oh! round of applause. Yes, fantastic, Hillary, but we're not done yet. Gabby, you have a word in your mind, a word that you haven't told me. Uh, Gabby, and you've told me about connection and people, and you like, do you like to help people, Gabby? Mm -hmm. Do you like to offer advice? If it's well-received, yes. Okay, hold on, hold on. Or ask for it. Yeah, yeah. So th this is something that kind of positive information flowing from one person to the other. I'm getting this idea. This is the idea of uh, giving good feedback, positive feedback of <laughs> recommend. No, 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 oh no, no. My God. Is the word past tense recommended? Is yeah. that your word recommended? Yes. It is? But yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> That's just one word out of Wikipedia, but you before that, you got to think of any word at all that you searched on Wikipedia. And it was something simple. Mm -hmm. After I told you I couldn't uh, handle more than one language, you wanted to make it easy on me, so you gave me a very simple word. It's a place that, uh, you, that we've all spent a lot of time. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the word that you looked up on Wikipedia, is the word house? Yeah. Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah? All right, I'll take it. I'll take it every day and twice on Sunday. My so, heart is pounding so hard right now. <laughs> your heart is pounding. That's great. That's great because that leads me. Gabby, this I saw next it question coming. Is, the next question is for you, Gabby. What does mind reading, when it's done well, feel like? You said right now your heart is pounding. What else does it feel like? It feels It's scary. Why is it scary? Because you can read my mind. <laughs> yes, yes, because there's that profound connection. Right. And you know what? When we're scared and when we feel like there's uncertainty, another thing happens. We become exceptionally present and engaged, right?
Mm-hmm. So you all were engaged. Was anybody uh, suffering death by PowerPoint through all that? Everyone seemed to be paying attention pretty well. Yeah, Eric, give me the thumbs down. But yeah, we feel engaged. We feel connected. We feel right on the edge. We're really present. These are all the things that happen when mind reading is done well. But, and again, I'm going to deny it <laughs> to my dying days if you tell anybody I told you. Spoiler alert. I'm not a psychic. What? I no, I. I'm not a psychic. Oh, I don't believe I'm not it. A psychic man. I have no magic abilities. I have no. I'm not a wizard as much as I would like to be. I've dressed up for one for Halloween, but I'm not. Everything I do on stage has a secret. Um, all mind reading is is the process of obtaining and delivering information. And what's really interesting is that's a lot like communication. Communication is the process of obtaining and delivering information. So my question for you is, what is the difference between communication and mind reading? Well, that's what I'm here to tell you today. So let's do that. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, was that for me? That was for everybody. That was for everybody. Oh, okay. I've, been, I've been to this show before, so I wasn't going to answer. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> the difference between communication and mind reading, it's the process of obtaining and delivering information. The process is simple. There's a basic foundation you have to have. You have to be able to use your voice and your body correctly. It doesn't matter what you're saying if you're mumbling. But the real difference is that mind readers, when they're performing, they stick to a set of principles when they're delivering information. And these principles, when applied correctly, create these moments, like Gabby was talking about, of intense connection, making us hyper-present, keeping us really engaged. The question is, what happens when we take these principles and we apply them to our everyday conversations and communication? What happens when we do that, and this is what I've been kind of fascinated by, is we get those same profound moments of engagement, of being present, of trust building, of connection. And that is what I'm gonna teach you guys today. The principles that mind readers use when they're performing and how we apply those to our everyday communication. So going back to this, uh, I wanna give you a quick little quote that I absolutely love and think applies here from Ralph Waldo Emerson. As to methods, there may be a million and then some, but principles are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own methods. And I would take it a step further and say, not only can he select his methods, he can create them. Because one of the things I like about being a magician and mind reader is most people, when they're working on a problem, they get to a point where they think it's impossible and they stop. However, magicians and mind readers like to think of the most impossible thing they can, and that's where they start. And it's a really fascinating process when you start applying that mindset to other areas of your life. But that's another keynote. So going back to this, it is time to learn some mind reading. So what I'm going to do right now is, uh, Gabby, you did such a great job helping me out last time. Who is going to help me out this time? Ah, Stacy's going to help out. Stacy, Stacy, can you unmute yourself for me, my friend? Yes. Stacy, this is going to be a very, very basic mind reading trick that I'm going to teach everyone here. I have 
three objects that I keep in this little case, actually four objects. I'm going to show you what they are. These are, in fact, coasters. Boom. I also, we have whiskey, we have beer, and we have wine. Can everybody see those? Yes. Oh Wonderful. man, did you choose the right volunteer or what? I know. So Stacy, <laughs> Stacy, I think, I think you have the ability to connect with me on a profound level because I have already made a prediction. I've already made a prediction. And I think in a moment we are going to eliminate two of these coasters because I only need one. And if I get it wrong, if I'm incorrect about you, I will give everyone here $20. Usually I would do this live, but today I will Venmo everyone $20. Here's the proof. It's in the pudding. I have it there for safekeeping. So, Stacy, are you ready? Yes. Stacy, I want you to imagine that in front of you, there are three coasters, a lot like there are right here. Okay. Wine, beer, and whiskey. Now, in a moment, I want you to hold up your right hand, reach down, and pick up one of those coasters in your imagination. But when you do, it's very important. Don't pick the one you think I'm trying to make you pick. Don't even necessarily pick the one you think I might make you pick. Pick the one that you think is least likely for me to predict. A lot of people these days have been picking wine because it's the pandemic. I know I have. Uh, a lot of people have been picking beer. This is what they usually pick around lunchtime, around cocktail hour that time of day. They'll go for the whiskey. Right now it's 6.40 where I am. I don't know what time it is where you are, but who knows? Oh, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Eric. So, Stacy, hold up one hand. Reach down and grab one coaster from in front of you, one in your imagination, and hold it up. One coaster. Okay. I have an actual coaster. That oh, no, grab one of the three. Grab, grab whiskey, okay. beer, or wine. Okay. All right. Um... Okay. Do you need which one did you which one did you grab? Hold hold on. I'm I'm still thinking about it. All okay. right. Okay. I'm grabbing it. Okay, I got it. Which one did you grab? The the wine, the beer, or the whiskey? Beer. You grabbed the beer. I am so glad that I get to keep my $20. <laughs> because if you look at this coaster and I turn it around, you'll actually see. <laughs> that I knew you would pick beer and everyone always wants to see what's on the back of the other coasters. Nothing. Now, what's really crazy is I said I made a prediction. It's one thing to have it on the coasters, but if anyone here right now goes to Instagram and they look up my profile, which is Ben at Ben Whiting Magic, you will see that over five hours ago, I actually posted something that looks a little like this. And that is because I knew, Stacy, that you would pick beer. Give Stacy a round of applause. Fantastic. Fantastic. I knew it would work. Stacy, here's my question for you. Yes. And this is a question for everybody. How did I do that? Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Prediction was on Instagram hours ago. It's printed on the back of the, oh, that one, of that coaster, of the beer. Any guesses? I'm going to teach you, but I want, I'm always curious as to what the guesses are. I'm 
was mm. gonna go with the visual of the coaster because the beer one oh. has <laughs> Thanks. has a like a cir black circle. It's more like prominent to the eye than the other two. Oh, because of the circle there. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, don't get me wrong. I know a lot about this probability. I know that when one is in the middle, it gets picked more often than not. But when I do this in a keynote for three or 4,000 people, I can't be wrong. I can't play the odds. So I have to be confident it's going to work every single time. But yes, th that is correct, Gabby. I am very, very well aware of the odds. Any other guesses? Nope. So I'm going to teach you how to do this. First off, I also want you to remember how you're feeling right now. That kind of moment of impact, that moment of wow. And remember that we can create this in any conversation. So, uh, Stacy, yeah. we are going to do this again. Okay. The only thing I request right now is that you do not pick beer. Sound okay. good? All right. Deal. So, deal. Stacy, in front of me, I have three coasters. Whiskey, beer, and wine. We are going to eliminate two of these because I only need one. Sound good? Sure. Stacy, I want you to imagine you have these three coasters in front of you on your desk. Hold up your right hand for me. Reach down and pick up one of those coasters. Which one did you pick up? Whiskey. Now hold up your left hand. Reach down and pick up another coaster of the beer and wine. Which one are you going to pick up between beer and wine? Uh, beer. Beer. So right now in your hand, you are holding Whiskey and beer, correct? Yes. All I want you to do is hand one of those through the screen to me. Let's put it right there in my hand. And which one did you put in my hand from your imagination? The beer or the whiskey? Beer. You put the beer in my hand. Now, before this started, I said we were going to eliminate oops, oh, <laughs> two God, coasters. Yeah, you did say that. Because I only needed one. And which yeah. one did you put in my hand? Beer. Isn't that something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, my friends, is the secret. There is no secret. This is simply a communication exercise. And there's lots of things we can do. I'm going to explain to you right now how we do this, going back to the PDF. Uh, the process of communication. The first thing we have to do when we communicate is we have to plan. AKA, we have to know our desired results. When I was a little kid, I wanted to date Veronica Clark. She was in the 11th grade. I was in the sixth grade. One day late, I came... man. Yeah, I didn't know that though. I was young enough to, I hadn't had my heart shattered into a million pieces yet. But my buddy Ramsey and I, we went home one day. We got a dry erase board. We spent hours crafting the most beautiful words you'd ever heard. Something along the lines of, hey, Veronica, my name's Ben. I don't know if you know me, but I'd like to go out with you if that's okay. Hours. And then my buddy Ramsey, he called her because this was before caller ID. He called her up just to make sure she was there like a creepo. It was like, hey, is Veronica there? Yeah, this is her. Click. So I knew she was there. So then I called her. I read the dry race board. I had my heart broken. That's besides the point. The point is I put a lot, hours of time, effort, and emotional energy into planning that conversation. And yet it was just a sixth grade kid asking out another kid. But when we have bigger conversations in our lives today, how often do we put that much effort into preparing the conversation? 
When I did this trick right here, I knew what I wanted my desired result to be. I wanted it to be the effect of mind reading, of that profound aha connection. I knew that this was written on the back of the beer coaster. Now, what did I say in the very beginning? We are going to eliminate two of these coasters because I only need one. And whatever Stacy does, I know I can get to beer. If, for instance, she picks up wine and whiskey, I re-emphasize the word eliminate. I said we were going to eliminate two. You chose wine and whiskey, leaving us with beer. If she picks up beer and whiskey, and then she last time she handed beer through the screen to me, if she handed whiskey to me through the screen, I would have tossed it aside and said we were going to eliminate two, and what's the only one you're left holding? And it would have been beer. That is the only four things that can happen unless Stacy has a coaster in her back pocket that says, I don't know, wine cooler or tequila or what have you. But, <laughs> and I'm not going to counter past that, but we, uh, you know, we try to control things best we can. So the first thing we have to do when we have a conversation, we have to know what we want and plan for possible uh, variety of different outcomes. The next thing we want to make sure we do is that we obtain information correctly. This is all about active listening. And the big point I have here is there is a difference between listening to respond versus listening to understand. And we always wanna make sure we're putting our energy into listening to understand. We do that by turning off all those little filters we have in our head that happen when people are having a conversation. A lot of times when people are listening, what they're actually doing is they're waiting for a moment to correct the other person. It's just like when Christopher Columbus came and arrived in 1496. Uh, I believe what happened, oh, I just saw, I just saw like three of you twitch when I said 1496. Because yes, because you know that Columbus arrived in 1492. But there are some people, obviously not anyone here, there are some people that would steamroll into the conversation. It's like, whoa, whoa, I just need you to know. I need you to know. Columbus, he got here in 1492. And then of course the conversation's off track, it's awful. No one wants to be that person though. So we don't want to listen to correct. Other people will interrupt a conversation to demonstrate knowledge. No matter what the point of the conversation is, if they hear something, a topic they know a lot about, they want to jump in the conversation and talk about it. Does anybody know anyone like that? Show of hands. Yeah? Yeah, but no one wants to be like that, right? All right. And another one is people will listen to relate. Another word for that is steal focus, which means anything in the conversation that they can somehow tie back to themselves, they'll do that instead of actually listening to what they should be listening for. And when we're in a conversation, the thing is we want to listen for. We want to know what the person who's talking to us, what is their objective? What do they want to get out of the conversation? We want to know what their anticipated obstacles are, the challenges that are going to prevent them from getting what they want. We want to know what their given circumstances are. This is an actor term, another, word of, another way of saying what is the context in which they're trying to achieve this goal. And the most important thing, we want to know and understand what are their values? Because more often than not, especially when we have to meet someone on middle ground, we're not going to do it talking about what we want or how we want it. But a lot of us, we're humans. We're wired to be social. We share the same values. We all have people we love that we want to be safe. We all want fairness so that we can make a living and you know help those we like. Values are where we often will find our middle ground. So we want to listen for them and make sure we know what they are. And bonus points, likability 
if you really want to be likable, I think Zig Ziglar said it best, if you go out into the world trying to find friends, you will find few. If you go out into the world trying to be a friend, your friendships will be numberless. Another way of saying that is listen, instead of trying to make yourself likable, listen for things that you like about the other person and then simply share that with them. It's one of the biggest, most profound things I've learned about networking is that little trick right there. So after we obtain information, we want to deliver information simply and unarguably. Tricks to this is to communicate without assumption. Right now, what am I doing? Everybody watching? Swimming. No, I am waving my arms in the air inside my home <laughs> office. In my imagination, I could be, oh, I don't know. Oh, I could be, no, wait, 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 Ben. I meant you're being a dick. Ah! <laughs> well, that's, uh, I would like to say this is the first time anyone's ever said this to me in a presentation, but I know exactly what to, no. <laughs> but yes, obviously that is kind of the mindset of assumptions. I could in my hand be dancing in a vat of jello. I could be fighting off honey badgers. You don't know. So we have to approach everything we say as if it's completely objective. Every time uh, Stacy made a decision with the coaster, I never said that's wrong. I never said, are you sure you want to do that? I always let it be objective. And then I just repeated what she said. Moving right along. Uh, the principles of mind reading. Now, this is where the rubber hits the road. These are the principles that are going to create those aha moments of impact. The first one being, don't take attention for granted. Death by PowerPoint. There are so many ways that our attentions are torn apart right now. And by the way, Zoom fatigue is real. I never understood how I could drive for seven hours one day, just sitting there, doing nothing, driving. And when I got home, I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I'm even more exhausted after three hours of Zooming. The reason is, is because our brain is concentrating and putting focus on a square that is this big. And that actually takes a lot of, frankly, calories, mental bandwidth. So yes, Zoom fatigue is real, and we want to do everything we can to engage people and keep them entertained. The secret to engagement is unpredictable variety. Variety in our voice. It can go up. It can go down. We can slow down how we talk. Not to mention, change our pitch. And then, of course, my body language. If I'm moving from side to side, as long as it's reinforcing what I want, that's variety. And when we're in the virtual world, you'll see things like music. Of course, if you have any questions, you can email me at benatbenwhiting.com. I can switch to this camera over here and do something. This is all just to give you guys unpredictable variety and even see yourselves to hold you accountable. This is what you look like when you're clapping. All right. So unpredictable variety. That is the key to engagement. The next thing, communicate through curiosity. AKA dots. What does that mean? That means we have to let people connect their own dots. We can take them right up to the edge of the cliff of something, but they have to be the ones that jump off. If I had done this trick with Stacy and I said, Stacy, here, I have three coasters. I have beer, whiskey, and wine. Stacy, can you unmute yourself? 
<laughs> I have to unmute myself first before you'll hear me. Yeah. Stacy. Yes. Pick beer. Are you playing with what? me right now? You really want pick me? beer. Okay, beer. Pick beer. 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 I predicted it. Why aren't you clapping? So that <laughs> is oh, thank you. <laughs> but how often do we communicate like that? We don't want to let people connect their own dots. We want to just push them from A to B and they don't necessarily understand why. The reason mind reading works so well is because when I get to the end, I will ask a lot of questions. I will say, hey, was that a free choice? Do you want to change your mind? Giving people that opportunity and still landing at the conclusion we want makes it more impactful. So even when you know something, it's important to let other people connect their dots and get there along the way. All right, next, remove your ego to celebrate others. This is a big one. I cannot tell you what a difference it made in my shows when I stopped putting myself on a pedestal and started making my audience the star of the show. This is why when I do mind reading, I never say that I'm going to read your mind like the great Svengali. I always say, I bet you have the ability to connect on a profound level. Gabby, I want you to think of a word and boom. She gets the word. We clapped for her, if you remember. Also, people will always support what they feel you helped, or what they feel they helped create. I want to say that one more time. People will always support what they feel they helped create. And when we give people the opportunity to celebrate one another, that builds community. And if you're facilitating that, you become a part of that community. Uh, Eric can talk at length about the importance of tiny celebrations with your uh, the tiny habits. Tiny habits, yep. I encourage you to talk to Eric about the importance of tiny celebrations in your life. It can make all the difference. I know we're running late on time, so I'm going very quick here. If you have any questions, oh, great quote. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. Of course, if you have questions at any point in time, just unmute yourself and ask. Uh, next, demonstrate your desired emotions. This is a big one. What if I'd come out here today and just said, <clears throat> Eric, hmm. I'm so excited that you invited me to the corporate Thanks. bartender. I'm Jack, too. Are you guys ready to have some fun? <laughs> we can't ex yeah. <laughs> we can't expect our audiences whether we're on stage or in a meeting or hanging out with friends to be more excited about something than we are or more upset or more passionate so we have to make sure we are setting the bar emotionally of where we want people to get to when I come here, I am ready to have fun. And honestly, I'm already having fun. It's great when I see people like Morag joining. And yes, I saw you join Morag. Good to see you. All right. <laughs> There's, yeah! <laughs> and we're coming down to the nitty gritty here. We also want to make sure we communicate the why. It is not enough to say what we want done. We have to make sure we communicate why. By show of hands, who here is familiar with Simon Sinek? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so good. If you are not familiar with Simon Sinek, I highly recommend you check out his TED Talk, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. It talks about not just how to communicate, but why we communicate and from a neurological standpoint, why it works. Uh, great example of this. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be Harry Houdini. So I asked my dad to tie me up and throw me in a pool. He said he would not. I didn't understand why. I was upset. 
but my dad traveled a lot when I was a kid. So our compromise was we were going to create a brochure, something that we could give to the local newspaper. Um, with me doing all the Houdini poses with the rings, the cards, etc., writing up a little bit and send it off. But this was the late 80s, early 90s. So that was before iPhones or even digital cameras. So I want you, corporate bartender audience, I want you to imagine that it is your job to develop film. If you're a millennial, Google what film is. It's like finding an arrowhead these days. But I want you to imagine it. And then one day, this little gem comes across your desk. <laughs> what? Somebody's going do? to jail. Somebody's going to jail, dude. What do you guys do? You're smiling, but you wouldn't be at the time. And neither was my dad, because when he arrived at Wolf Cameron Video, Child Protective Services, as well as the police, <laughs> were waiting for him. But what this is a great example of is that... <laughs> My dad up to that moment had not realized what he had done because he was so focused on why he was doing it. A great lesson whenever we need to motivate ourselves or motivate other people. Because my dad, if a stranger had asked him to tie up a random kid, take a photograph and develop it, he would have said no, and rightfully so. But all he saw was his son, <laughs> who he wanted to connect with, who he loved and wanted to support, chasing a silly dream. And what wouldn't you do to support your kid? Just so happens what my dad did was a felony. Moving right along. <laughs> oh, I should, I should also point out, he explained, like, as soon as he realized what was going on, well, the first thing he said was like, whoa, whoa, he asked me to do that. Go! You don't want to say that. You don't want to say that. But <laughs> then he kind of resigned himself to his circumstances and said, look, take me to jail, but if you just want to come to my house and talk to my kid, he wants to be a magician. And luckily, there were other photos of rings and cards and all that jazz. So the police said, that is so far-fetched. We believe you. Don't do it again. <laughs> or if you do bipolar, right? All right. So last but not least, after Communicate the Why, this is something that I absolutely love. Remember the four to one ratio. Now this deals a lot with feedback, but I think it's also just in terms of positive and negative comments. Uh, show of hands, who here knows the four to one ratio besides Eric and Morag? Nope. Oh, Lori does too. A few of you do. So the idea here is if we want people to seriously consider and engage with a piece of constructive criticism, on average, they need to hear four pieces of positive feedback. That's the balance. That is balance, four to one. So we always want to make sure we're demonstrating those tiny celebrations, like I said earlier, and demonstrating gratitude on a day-to-day -day basis, communicating through the lens of curiosity and a desire to learn as opposed to trying to be right and place blame. That is a lot of information I've given you guys. We have talked about the basics of mind reading, communication, how it's the process of obtaining and delivering information after we have a basic plan in place. We've talked about the principles of mind reading, removing our ego, letting other people connect the dots by communicating through curiosity. When you want to get a great idea across, don't communicate on the quality of the information you share. Focus on the quality of the questions you ask. We've talked about communicating the why and the four to one ratio and practicing gratitude. Does anybody have any questions about anything I've talked about in the last 45 minutes.
rock and roll. I will give you this last little tidbit here. Uh, it's a, one of my favorite quotes. More often than not, we overestimate what we can accomplish in a day, but we underestimate what we can accomplish in five minutes a day for a month or three. And that is simply my way of saying, uh, I don't, my hope is not that all of you go out there and try to become communication and leadership nerds like I am. My hope is that out of today, you found one or two things that you found interesting. And maybe one of those things you might try. And if that one thing makes your life a little bit easier, then I feel like I'm doing my job. I'll end with this. The, uh, a lot of people say, Ben, this is a lot of information. And we're in the middle of a pandemic and I feel overwhelmed. I got you. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had a lot of people come up to me and tell me the same thing. And so throughout the couple, last couple of years I've been doing this, I've been collecting tips on how to eliminate overwhelm from your life and get some of the stuff on your plate off. And all you have to do, if you'd like, is text the word Houdini to 66866. And I will send you that PDF. Your name will, I will never try to sell you anything. Your name won't go on a list or anything like that. It is my gift to you. I'll also send you the slides from today, as well as a few other uh, uh, little gifts I always just like to give out. Uh, because I know that your time is the most valuable asset you have. And I appreciate you sharing some of it with me today. And as always, if you have any questions about anything, you can email me at ben at benwhiting.com. Eric, that Dude. is all I got. Dude, thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the round of applause. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so so, so Ben, I, you know, I, I know we're over time and I don't care. We're going to keep going. Um, cause I have one more question for you. Um, you, you're writing a book. I am. <laughs> and it's, and it's, and it's about, it's called tentatively connect like a mind reader. Tell yes. us about this. Tell us about this book project real quick. So this book project, yes, I have found that, like I said, I think one of my missions in life is, or one of the biggest tragedies in life is people who have great ideas and can't connect them to the world because they don't have the communication skills. Uh, even worse than that is when people have bad ideas and they do connect them to the world because they have good presentation skills. So my goal with this book is to kind of even the playing field. Uh, it's broken down into three parts. The first is the foundation of communication, which is when I talk about voice and engagement and unpredictable variety, body language. There are things we can do just with our hands, not saying anything at all, they can elicit emotion in people. Uh, they're mm -hmm. called satire gestures, they're fantastic. But when we combine all that together, we have a solid foundation. The next is the basis of communication, the, the very simple process of obtaining and delivering information. And how do we do that in a way that is streamlined, easy, and encourages likability? And the very last chapter is the principles of mind reading and how we apply them to everyday conversations. Each one of these sections has a mind reading effect that I teach that gets more and more advanced as the tricks get more advanced, so do the lessons. But at the end of the day, it's also you know three fun tricks, uh, one of which I actually used to do in my professional repertoire. And every chapter also has a small section on likability and how we can infuse likability into our everyday interactions, whether we're doing any of these things. Uh, but yeah, so that's the book. It is, uh, the proposal is being finalized as we speak, and I hope that it uh, comes out next year. Awesome! Can't wait! Can't wait! I love, I love, I love watching the journey, the journey take place. And 
if anybody on this call loved what they saw today and thinks Ben could be an asset to their organization, hit him up, hit him up. It would be, there it is, Ben at benwhiting.com. Yeah, it, it, it's, we've used Ben, Morag, how many times have we used Ben now? Like three, four, five times? Not enough times. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and you know it's funny because I've I've seen I've seen Ben do his thing for a long time, right? I've known Ben for a few years now, and um, every time I see it, right, it's it it's still there's one or two things that just catch me that just blow my mind, and I love watching all of your faces when he's doing his thing, right? It's my favorite part too. <laughs> it's awesome, Ben. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Can't thank, thank you, you enough. Thank you, Ben. Amazing. I, thank you, everybody. It was great seeing you all. And uh, like I said, yeah, if you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. And if you texted Houdini to 66866, uh, you'll be getting an email from me tomorrow morning with all the goodies. Hey, Ben, if they text you to that number, does Tyler also Zoom bomb them on their phones? Uh, he might. He might. Actually, that was uh, that was my wife just making sure I was actually on the oh! call when I said I would know. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the funny stuff and get on out of here. Today's funny things. This one made me laugh today. <laughs> I tweaked my back doing my desk job years old. That's how old I am. <laughs> this, this, this one I picked just for Ben. It's quarantine day again. <laughs> This one, this one I picked for Laurel. Boss, to prevent spreading germs in the workplace, can anyone think of good alternatives to handshakes to greet people at work? <laughs> Me. <laughs> You're number one. Yeah, you are number one. Um, is it just me or does it feel like 2020 is running out of ideas? This headline is real. Oh. <laughs> what? It is real. Google that for some fun this evening. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. That's what happened to what? me when I read that. So, and my favorite funny thing today, and I'm going to let you all sing this in your heads. Are you ready? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it just keeps it just keeps going. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. so, I had I had one to go with your cloned crayfish. Yeah, go I, ahead. That that I saw today. This is out of uh the Philippines. A police official investigating an illegal cockfighting event was recently killed in a freak accident when he picked up the rooster as he gathered evidence. The rooster's oh. blade sliced the police lieutenant's femoral artery. Whoa. So I say all that because had Laurel come on and said, police official killed by fighting cock while investigating illegal event, you would have all gone somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you know, the headline was. <laughs> fantastic. I, I will never stop loving you, Laurel Ditson. <laughs> Here's here's your here's your good feels today if I can get this to play. It's 40 seconds of baby panda 
at the National Zoo in Washington, D.C. Oh, my God. That's so sweet. Look, look at him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, legs don't work yet. He's trying to go. But wait, look at her. She's holding him. Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh. <laughs> so cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want one. You want one? I want one. They're really hard. To, they're really hard to get. <laughs> and today's semi-quarantine cocktail 2020 just might be the apocalypse. This is a riff on the gin fizz. It takes two ounces of gin and we've run out of hurricane names for the second time ever. A little bit of lemon juice. Fires have burned over 4 million acres in California alone. Ours are slightly down because of the snow we had this weekend. Little simple syrup. Um, just because people in America don't know what's going on outside of America, uh, over 6 million people have been affected by flooding in East Africa. A little, a little egg white. Uh, and Phoenix, Tina, you'll know this, has been over 100 degrees for 144 days this year. Yeah. A little bit of, little bit of soda. Uh, just so you guys know, weird molecules have been discovered in the atmosphere of Titan and Venus. Mm. Little little lemon peel and hang in there or just say, fuck it. I don't know what to do anymore. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you to Ben for being here today. Ben, thank you for graduating from TCB regular to TCB immortal. You're awesome. <laughs> You're this awesome. was amazing. Um, seriously, guys, if, if you have any opportunities for Ben in your virtual events, he, he's got this stuff dialed in. He's got this stuff dialed in. Hit him up and 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 let him know um and if, if there's anything that we can do to help you ben you let us know guys every wednesday my favorite wednesday you guys are awesome ben any last parting shots before we call it a day here uh for the next month only tyler comes in free with any presentation <laughs> <laughs> i kind of miss tyler damn it <laughs> the red screen of death all right everybody thank you so much thanks for coming today we'll see you next week hey. thanks everybody take care thank you so much for joining us today if you had a good time and learned a thing or two at today's happy hour please share it with your friends if you want to join our tribe head on over to skyteam.cloud forward slash tcb or email us at info at skyteam.com that's s-k-y-e team.com Thanks again, and remember, you've always got friends at the Corporate Bartender.